This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. And we're back at Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. I'm Cody, and with me are Kyle and Ken. Hi. I thought uh, all the spooky stuff in Halloween was last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was looking so good, guys. I know. We were having a quiet week, not almost any sort of changes we're, wrapping we were at like all. everybody's distracted with this election they're not going to change the release schedule <laughs> this was gonna be such a nice podcast where we were like yeah. it was a week where we survived and everything's hunky-dory yep no big changes and then friday came yes friday has come well i should say thursday afternoon we got our you know like bad it news was letters. after hours yeah it was after hours it was not like four thirty. it was like eight o'clock <laughs> It was like it was so late that I was like, "Is this real?" Like, I just happened to notice it. There was no notification. Like, we didn't get like our silver screen insider didn't get posted. It was just so late in the evening. We're like, "Oh, oh, this is really happening." Okay. Yeah. What is happening? Fill it. What is happening? Okay. Let's get get to this. All right. You know how we always talk about our upcoming releases and any changes. Well, there's few and few movies on the release schedule left and now disney has removed free guy and death on the nile from their december release and those were like what a week or two before christmas yeah so i think free guy was the 11th and death on the nile was the 18th that sounds right and now they're just off they're they have not been redated mm-hmm. anywhere so does uh, not bode well thank this, you disney this, this isn't a good way to end the year is it no Getting no a little sketchy lean Let's just Lean's say a good word. Little lean. <laughs> Universal still has their Thanksgiving stuff. And I I just take it that Warners will probably move Wonder Woman. I, I just don't see them keeping it there. Um, especially with Disney moving off now. So I, I just really don't think there's even going to be Wonder Woman. Now, News of the World might still happen. Universal, I'm sure it'll depend on how well they do with Freaky and with Crude's. But we may still see News of the World at Christmas. And so it's not like we would be without a Christmas release. We just would be without the one that everybody would want to go see. How is it that Universal hasn't removed anything? Well, (laughs) it's because they hated them at the start of the year. And now now they're the unsung heroes almost. (laughs) Because they're going to have a shortened window. Yeah, that's probably know, They're... They're going to have this dynamic pandemic windowing where they'll go to their model of theaters for three weekends or so and then into uh pvod it's it's a good way to justify whatever side they want to take yeah if freaky works then they can justify the side of the theaters and the theatrical yeah, window we helped you then, out and then tell everyone they helped us out if it doesn't work out they'll say the model's old it doesn't work right. we need to completely eliminate the window or shorten yeah. it even further it's just it's politicized like everything else it's just yep. It's like taking a gamble on these movies that they couldn't wait any longer because they have minions waiting in the wings. Universal's got a dozen horror titles between Bloomhouse and mm-hmm. other projects. Whatever Jordan Peele makes. Yeah. <laughs> They've got all these things sitting there just waiting to come out. They can't sit on these titles. Right. They have to get them out at some point. They can't yeah. have 40 releases in 2021. Or can we? No, Universal can't. Oh, New- Universal, Universal themselves can't, can't handle 40 releases in We a could year. definitely Combined, handle it. we would like yeah. that for 2021. <laughs> that would be great. 
Yeah. So um, what does this mean for booking strategy? Well, I'm not as scrambling as I have been every other time we've moved stuff off and been like, oh, what do I do now? I am going to stick with the the holiday titles that I had. I'm just going to have to hold stuff, fill in holes. I don't want, I want to make sure I don't waste a title at Thanksgiving for say one weekend or one week. Um, and you know, we have to really look at pulling back operating hours and screen counts. You know, I, I just, without a big title, I just don't see you having every screen open. And I've already have a few clients that have taken out two or three screens, just say, put them closed and what they're doing with those screens so that they still get used is they're doing private party rent rent outs on those screens so that you still are keeping the projectors up and running, but I can go seek events, jujitsu yeah. tournaments, whatever you can get in. Yeah. Be really creative. <laughs> I know that part of this was discussed on the NATO meeting and you know, it just, you're thinking like, well, what am, if I don't play Hollywood movies and I, and I don't get independent stuff, what am I going to do? And it's really easy to want to play DVDs and to, and to say, you know, well, screw you, Disney. If you're not going to play it in theaters, I'll just stream it on Disney Plus and show it anyways. And, and that will definitely, I think, get you in trouble. You know, once the studios find out it is against your master licensing agreement, you will be taken off service. So you cannot play unauthorized content in your theater. You need to have a legitimate booking. You can get creative with the format of that, but you have to make sure that the studio signs off on it. Just, And if they don't allow you to have content, um, then there's not really a lot you can do without risking severing that relationship and getting into some legal issues. So I just, as much as I think independent theater owners are independent minded and say they'll do whatever they want, that's starting to get a little angsty. In yeah. moments perhaps <laughs> you just gotta remember that whatever you do today may have consequences for down the road and um and just be very mindful of that moving it will, forward it will be a battle you probably will will not win yeah so i highly suggest to not do that right it's a little more confidential now than it used to be you said there used to be a, a blacklist that theaters would, or that film companies would send back and forth right where if no. somebody if somebody had something information from like if somebody did something to disney they would share that through channels with paramount or with sony well i think that um any that any theater can rat out another theater Mm -hmm. for doing something and i think that happens you know if if you decide to go off the reservation and you have a competitor nearby the competitor can and will probably screenshot whatever you're doing online and send it into the studio. I mean, that's how a lot of the times people get caught is being by being turned in. And it's a so brutal industry. And My I, goodness. I think you need to, you know, just beware and be careful. Take it with a grain of salt too. If you see somebody else, uh, you know, bending the rules, that could be you next week if you're scrambling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We're all in this together right now. So we're saying right. no snitches. We got to work together here. <laughs> right. And then once things are back to normal, it's everyone for themselves. It's everyone for themselves again. <laughs> no. So, I mean, just you never know who's looking. And and the studios do have, you know, uh, the ability to scan showtimes and find content. And if you accidentally decide to play something you're not supposed to, people have been caught because they turned in grosses. I mean... 
they their POS systems automatically sent grosses in and they're like, what is this? You know, so there's lots of ways you can mess up and it's just better, I think, and it behooves you to just not show stuff you are not booked for, you know, or to not show things if you're not booked for them. So stay yeah. away from that. We're better than this. We are. We will beat COVID. We will beat streaming. We will. Right. Let's show. Let's show them that we're all in this together. Let's show them that we're the tough industry, not a bunch of backstabbers. Because there is a lot of product out there. Yeah. You know, and you can get legit bookings on a lot of product. You don't need to go the other way. Mm -hmm. For sure. We've got all the combo drives that you're messing with now for the holidays. So um, I just want to make everybody aware there are several combo drives from the studios. Um, Sony's got their the holiday combo drive that. has some great titles on it i'm like i've said before i'm targeting the holiday hook and um earth or christmas universal's got a great uh, combo drive includes both versions of the grinch so the live action jim carrey and the 2018 animated love actually is on there and i think rise of the guardians yeah those are some notable ones on that one i think they also have some older titles too they have plenty of older titles and universal always has their like classic combo drives with alfred hitchcock and right and all the stuff uh, the classic the drives from before is still are drives, still available yeah. um and i think they are coming down in prices a little bit on those so the more you book from these combo drives the cheaper the terms become so just keep that in mind the more you book at once at once yeah <laughs> And then um, Warner's even has uh, a holiday drive. Uh, I think that has, they have four different ones. Four separate ones. The one that I have come across with the most is the one for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It also has, does that one have Elf on it? Polar Express. Polar Express. Yeah. uh, Christmas Story. And then the all-time Christmas classic Gremlins, which. Gremlins. Yeah. (laughs) That one was a a weird one, but it's on there if you want something alternative. (laughs) So That's um, a good November fill in. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, it's just nice. I really love booking combo drives. It's just nice to have the drive there, all the content, key only bookings. You're not trying to wait around for shipments. You're not getting deemed on extra ship shipping charges. It, the combo drives really are awesome. And you, and there's a lot of good titles on here. Cause there's just a lot of good holiday titles at this time. The, the ones that we cannot book cause they are Disney just to reiterate our home alones are not available anymore. The Fox title, they're now Disney unless Disney changes their mind and, and puts it out there for us. Home alones are not available. Um, what else is another one? Die Hard is not available anymore. Well, I know that's, that's a mistake. They that, need to play that. <laughs> that's becoming a Christmas, a must see Christmas movie. And that one's a, again, a Fox title that is not available to play so any other ones off the top of your head those are the two that i just get asked i mean they gave us the, the santa claus this year yeah for the for uh november 20th which yeah. is awesome santa claus is, hasn't been available forever forever and it's always requested and yeah. it's just not available but it is starting on the 20th november for 20th for two weeks for two weeks that's it there so. are many ads on silver screen insider for the santa claus oh, too nice so that's even awesome yeah yeah we made it work for that one <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, do you, any others that, there's just so many titles. D- Disney has this plethora of family and kid titles. Yeah. I mean, there are hundreds, 
thousands of movies that involve Christmas or Thanksgiving or the holidays that yeah. they have that are just not available. There's right. there's only one title every week for the four weeks in November. That's all yeah. we have. And I'm hoping I'm hoping now that Disney has pulled their first run product out of December, we may get a few more titles. So be on the lookout for those because every time they've done this previously, we've gotten a couple titles released to us repertory stuff. So be on the lookout for anything new repertory wise. But right now they we, they just have availability into November, so they don't have any December titles. Yeah, we definitely need Die Hard, Die Hard Two. Die Hard with if we could get Die Hard and Home All Alone, <laughs> that would be great. Princess Bride is another one. It's not necessarily Christmas. It's just often requested. Oh, you should just play that one all the time. I feel play it on the 4th of July. It'll be you fun. should not play because it's Disney and you're not allowed. But if Disney changes their mind, that would be a one I would be at the exactly. top of my request yeah, list. It, Disney should. Yeah. They should, but they, they should. Well, maybe they won't. I don't know. <laughs> well, there's... What we're saying is there's lots of holiday options. There's lots of new, more independent options that we've been booking and playing yep. um, that we've gotten screeners for and seen. And, you know, some we have strong opinions about positively and some are very negative. Right. <laughs> we'll go get into those um, a little later. Yes. Well, so I think that kind of covers booking strategies. If anything else comes up or I get another stroke of genius and want to let everybody know, <laughs> I will I'll be on next week's podcast giving you the heads up. Um, what's going on, Kyle, in the news? Uh, well, Nolan is still defending theaters, which good. Like oh, someone in the industry needs to. Especially creative. Yeah, exactly. Ford um, and Peel. Recently in an interview, he was coming out and saying that he was happy with the success that Tenant had in this COVID world that we're living in, he thought like the number was, you know, a right. good number. Um, he just thinks that studios are getting the wrong impression based on those box office earnings. He's thinking yeah. that it's now causing studios to come up with excuses even more so to move away from theatrical distribution yeah. when instead he was trying to give the push of like, no, like this could still work. We just have to adjust like our expectations uh, especially for like studios, they need to adjust theirs, which, um, I don't know. I totally agree with him, obviously. Like, I think that's what should happen, but you know, these studios are a fan of money as are all of us. Right. And they're trying to go with different alternatives until something changes, or maybe they're trying to change the in industry completely. Yeah, it is difficult. Um, it, I think that you could argue there was a lot of successes with tenant. It showed that, Given um, product, you know, something new, audiences will return. I think that that was proven there. It's also being proven with other titles in other, you know, international markets as well. That people are returning to the theater if there's something new to watch. Yeah. Now, I think that what studios are taking from it was somehow that Tenet underperformed and was disappointing in the results. But I, that's just really hard because Tenet was never going to be this all audience film that played equally everywhere equally as well. So it really had its markets. It worked very well in and, and it did okay in markets in markets. But I think in an, even in a normal year, it would have just done okay. in a lot of those markets that it played in interesting as well. So, um, I think Tenet's very cerebral. It's, um, 
it was a great action movie, but it, it does confuse audiences. It's hard to market because you don't really know what the story is that you're marketing. And that is always plagued um, Christopher Nolan films the outside of the Batman franchise because everybody knows what Batman is and that's easy to yeah. easy to market. So for his other stuff, um, I think that's always been an issue and always plagued and that's why it, his movies play in certain areas better than others. But you couldn't take... Um, it wasn't really a movie you would take Grandma to. Wasn't, no. It wasn't that like get out and had to see it right away movie either. Interesting because I yeah. always assumed... That was like the appeal with Nolan when it comes to like a theatrical release of his. I I, I kind of got that out of, you know, Inception or Dunkirk. That wasn't anything that was not his Batman movies. Yeah. So I'm a little surprised. Um, I think for his, this for his reaction from you, I suppose. For his audiences, the people that really appreciate him, they like that about him. Yeah. They, that's why he has a core group of followers and people that really support him. Very diehard. Very diehard yeah. fans. And he has a core group. But I think trying to get audiences outside of that, it's just, mm-hmm. I think it's a tougher sell for general audiences. There, There's just a lot of people that were confused. We even had some people walk out. I mean, not because the movie was bad, just that they just weren't getting it. And I think that limited repeat viewings of it as well. Also increased repeat viewings because people are confused and liked it and wanted to go try to see it more to figure it out. So it all balances out. I kind Yeah, I kind of figured it would have the same sort of... Su- well, in a normal year, I figured it would have the same sort of success as Inception would have. Uh-huh. And that was, that was pretty successful, I would say. But I yeah. guess you would know better than I would, like, if Inception kind of had, like, the same responses in certain areas as you're describing for, like, uh, Tenet. Yeah, but I think Inception also benefited from having Leonardo DiCaprio and just a little yeah. bit more star power in it. So you're saying success doesn't mean what we think it means and definitions. <laughs> definitions aren't quite definitions. It's all about your perception. And perception is reality. Is reality, but it's Wait, someone else's reality. Wait, you're confusing me. Yeah. You're confusing. Uh, I'm getting out of here. Thanks, 2020. <laughs> it's 2020. Screw this all up. Yeah. So I I don't know. So I guess then I just want to argue that it wasn't that he was successful. I think it it had some merit. I'm very very thankful that he did, you know, put his name and reputation and his product out there for oh, yeah. everybody. I'm so happy he fought for that. And I and I think it proved that it can work. Um and like he said, studios need to rethink their um their expectations of stuff. Yeah, I don't think his next movie is going to be at Warner Brothers, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm this, sure it that, will be. But I don't know if it'll have. Take. That's a big hot take. <laughs> I don't know if it'll have the budget that this one had. We'll be shooting it on a height. They're yeah. like, maybe make this on a more indie scale then. Yeah, here's blowing new, up plane here, scale. Here's, a, yeah. here's a new iPhone. Have a great time. <laughs> Let's the, face it; it was still looked like a masterpiece. Yeah, it w- and the movie was so good. And I, who am not a, f- a huge fan, I've never seen Inception. I don't have not seen Interstellar all the way through. I just not really my kind of movie. I loved this movie and just really enjoyed myself mm-hmm. in going. And so, I'm a big I'm a big fan now. <laughs> I'm big, on board with big, him. Big enough of a fan that you I'm a big forced, fan. forced yourself to watch one of the Batmans all the way through. I did. I did. <laughs> watch one. one. It, which one did you watch again? Begins or Dark Knight? Dark Knight. Okay. Yeah. And I watched it all the way through. 
and Heath Ledger was great, like everybody says he was. Very creepy. Yeah. I can't believe he was in his 20s. He looks much older. He looks much older in his Joker makeup? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it was great for what Nolan did, and I don't know. It's all about perception, I guess, which is also weirdly his cup of tea as well, so. Yeah. No, and it who, who knows who's right. <laughs> and the and the problem is even if you extrapolated the success that he did have, I just think studios are still really hesitant to not to put a film out and not have the top markets. I mean that I think hurt Christopher Nolan a lot. I think it would we would be talking about a much more successful run of his if he had had New York and L.A. and and I think that is probably a big takeaway that the studios are looking at is saying, hey, we need these big markets that that New York, L.A., San Francisco, um, Chicago, like so these markets produce so much of the gross that to not have one or both is just a no go. It's a non-starter for the for them and that the rest of the country isn't making up for those few markets. And that's and that's definitely an issue. Yeah, and they put a lot of stock in in those two markets. A lot. Obviously, they should. But yeah. I mean, we were on a call with a film company a few weeks ago where they said on a seventeen million dollar national gross, they would expect ten of that to come from New York and L.A., which to us seems outrageous. Yeah. It'd beyond how outrageous. many theaters are there possibly in those areas to yeah. to do that? But uh, they consider those two markets sixty percent of the theater right. doors. I think it. Again, it goes back to perception. A lot of studio executives live in New York or L.A., and so in their mind, what's happening in those locations, just you know, the breakdown in those locations has to be happening in other places, or it's just so insurmountable to that the other places can't overcome overcome it. And I think that that's also hurting us a little bit as well. It's but, just it's just so weird that. For them, like, wanting to release these movies out into the public, like, big, wide, grand releases, they think so small when it comes to, like, where the money comes from. Yeah. It's just such a weird, I don't know, maybe I'm in Montana, so, like, everything seems big to me with all the mountains and whatnot, but, like, (laughs) it's just so weird to me thinking that, like, it's just such small-minded thinking for something that affects, you know, nationwide, the other 49 states that you're in that has... Who knows how many types of theaters in whatever yeah. city, town, Hodunk, Nowheresville that they live in. It, it's, I don't know. It's just such a weird concept nope, to me. When, I'll never understand it. When they open up a film, whether it's a thousand print counts or 4,000, they're only looking at those top 100 locations to see they how really, they do. They really are. And and I don't know what goes into deciding between, I know there's a cost benefit analysis that goes into deciding between a 1,000 print count and a four, but Man, it just, you know, you you sold everybody on digital conversion because you thought that getting prints would be easier. That film did have a prohibitive cost. Those prints did cost thousands of dollars to make. But now that you're making digital drives for a couple hundred dollars. If that. If that, then it just doesn't seem fair that you that you just don't play it everywhere. That you just don't take any opportunity at money where you can make it give everybody an opportunity to play it and you know like we we've been struggling even in this COVID time of them being like oh we're gonna release in theaters but then the print counts are so small that yeah 
you know, even with the big guy, with the big guys like um, Regal being closed, you're still not getting prints because the print counts are so small now. They're really only going to their preferred locations, which are, you know, a top 500 market and then the next kind of 500 theaters. And they're not all, you know, they're not always um, you in your area. And it just seems like you could add 500 more prints and get everybody in on this one make just that little bit more that's always been our argument let people play it if they want to play it yeah like get it out there if somebody thinks it's going to do well and they're willing to put it on their screen and risk their screen time and their Mm -hmm. concessions and their attendance let them play it especially now right right now because it's there's nothing to lose with making another print available i don't want to set a precedent but I also don't think that theaters and streaming can't be played at the same time. I don't think that they're so exclusive that the experience can't be can't be happening at the same time. That, you know, if Disney wants to put Soul at Christmas, why can't all the theaters stream it in? You know, if you don't want print costs, why don't you let the theaters get that Disney Plus subscription, which are all about the numbers, and stream in? Stream it in for a certain fee. I mean, take those those small technology changes into consideration, and make it. You can even make a commercial Disney Plus license thing. Maybe that's a direction we can go. But but don't ice out theaters completely. Like, this is dangerous talk. I know it's theatrical dangerous. only. I We're want here as for much theatrical. as I want to be on principle is theatrical only. I I also don't want it to not have an opportunity at something. I mean, I think playing Soul Day and Date is better than not getting to play Soul at all now at th- at Christmas. If you've just decided to be open and we're not getting Wonder Woman, it just Cody like, does not represent the views of SilverScreenInsider.com. <laughs> those are just some <laughs> tough questions, or any of our subsidiaries. You have to only, ask theater only, theater only. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to me about a hot take. <laughs> Sorry. Comes Cody with a fireball. <laughs> I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to set a precedent, but I mean, do you want to stand on principle and not have it product to really play or I don't know. These are just questions that you got to, you got to ask yourself. And, and I don't think that, I, I don't think Disney will ever give you the opportunity to, you know, to stream and go and go theater day and day. I don't think that that's going to happen, but I, I just hate that you it's one or the other and you're being iced out at this point since you know the industry is trying to change so much there should at least be conversation of how can we get the best of both worlds how can we be in the middle because right now we were hoping like in these times of covid like we would kind of figure out how that could come about but instead the separation is only widening more and more and the conversation and we should like try and voice this to be like okay if you're Wanting to do theater and streaming, fine. But how can we find that middle ground? Is like, there, a middle ground's fine. Right. Like, we prefer, you know, theater only first and whatever later. But, yeah. you know, if things are changing so much the way they are, then at least let theaters adapt to it so that way they can still run their business, but it's fair to the studio. Exactly. I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions. Like, if you get to open something and it only has a three-week window, does that mean that... At when it goes streaming, do you have to hold? Do you have to hold um, with the same ticket price? Do you have to have it cleaned? You know, do you have to have all the show times? I, I mean, 
is there going to be a fundamental change in policy once it goes streaming? And, and is that where we go from there? Or are you just going to force theaters into keeping it like it was an exclusive, you know, part of what you're paying for with that exclusivity is all of the marketing, the marketing machine that comes into it with Disney where it's everywhere. It's on McDonald's cups. It's on billboards. It's on every television ad break. But if they're not doing that right now, you can't pay the premium terms that you're used to paying. Yeah. Is that, does that come into, into play somewhere? It has to on, on our end and, Mm -hmm. Anyone who's booking has to consider that. I don't think that by saying, hey, I want to maybe play Soul Day and Date with streaming, if that, you know, it it just is bringing up questions of what your comfort is, what what the, I don't know, the policy should be kind of moving forward. Is there a middle ground there somewhere? I mean, there's still a lot of questions. If you do play Soul Day and Date with Disney, do you have to pay first run terms that you were used to paying when you got exclusive do you have to pay um you know like do they have to charge full ticket prices for this now that because you're competing with uh, with a free service of it um you know the studio will need something out of you so you probably have to charge something and do you have to give it clean schedules do you have to give it preferred show times do you you know, there's just a lot to it that beyond just saying, do I get to have, but I think it, it, I think having an opportunity at any product is good. And I don't think that hurts either the studios or the theaters having their product play as many places as possible. It's still so weird hearing soul going to like streaming or us asking for like day and day. Cause like I went to theaters to see like finding Nemo and, Incredibles, you know, like yeah. I saw Pixar movies in theaters, and it's gonna be weird seeing like a Pixar movie not in theaters originally. Like it's yeah. gonna be on my TV. I don't know. It's six months ago. If you told Disney this was what they were gonna be doing, they would have laughed in your face. Well, maybe yeah. more than six months ago. No, last I think year. even six months ago because Mulan didn't go until what was it August? I mean, I think I th- they made that plan in july right yeah. yeah but i mean six months ago was may when everybody was like oh we're almost at the end of this like we're <laughs> we're getting close this to this virus will here. be over yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. i think even then even that little of a window they would have laughed because they knew soul was potentially a billion dollar movie for yeah. them like that's out there that the pixar does very very well pixar makes money yeah. so there was this idea and now you know is their their whole business model has changed in that short period of time for Disney, who was the, the gold standard for us for the last yeah. decade. I mean, for that's making money. true. At the beginning of all this, they were, they, before COVID, they were very big proponents of theatrical windowing because they knew they could dominate <laughs> it. Because they were making a billion dollars with everything yeah. they put out. And they needed like, to. I really like theaters. They're like super cool. <laughs> Seems so smart. This TV's larger than <laughs> the TV in my home. <laughs> well, and we just know that not all streaming content works like we just saw quibi which was a short form on the go mobile platform (laughs) die a very gruesome death and so it doesn't you're gonna get a saturated market on that front you're gonna you know i don't know if there's a lot of growth in 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 there as much as they're saying there is even if people just switch and don't occasionally you know and only occasionally go to the theater but i think so i think you still need the avenue of theaters yeah 
yeah, to have to diversify that a little bit. And there's room to increase. I know uh, Saban Films increased the window from four days to eleven days for Fat Man. Yeah, because they got enough theatrical attention. I think so. They got enough dates. They heard it right here on the podcast about how great it was. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about it. We saw the screener. We really enjoyed it. It was surprisingly funny. Very dark. It's a dark. It's it's an R-rated yeah, action dark comedy comedy, but there's. But if there's interest in a film, it needs the opportunity to breathe in right. theatrical. And I think that's all we're asking for at this point. Yeah. To at least give us the opportunity. Yep. To do what we do. So, does that move on to our next screener that we got? We just talked about how wonderful Fat Man was. Yeah. We got another one for um, Buddy Games, which is a... Day and Day PVOD from Paramount, um, starring, I think it's directed by and starring Josh Dumal. Dumel. There we go. Dumel. <laughs> Duamel. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Josh Caramel. <laughs> he is just so sweet. But was he sweet in this movie? We'll find out. No. <laughs> no. The answer is no. No. It, um, I, I, kind of got really excited about it because I thought the trailer looked hilarious and um, at least had the elements to be really funny. But then after watching the um, the screener, I was disappointed. I felt the characters lacked chemistry. The characters were awful, just human beings. Poorly written. So, Excuse no, me. just, I don't know, just unlikable awful people yeah very unlikable and no redeeming quality about them yeah i thought that the the jokes and the pranks and the games they played with each other were just cruel and without being funny what is the premise of this movie because i usually usually start with the premise cody sorry i just didn't like it so much (laughs) before we start lighting fire to their corpses let's let's, okay i work in this industry and even i don't know what we're talking about (laughs) funny games um was is a film about this group of guys who have this kind of Olympic like tournament of games every year and they're silly and crazy and and um and there's a champ crowned um at the end of it. Oh, it's kinda of like Tag. Kinda of like that Tag kinda like last year, yeah. Yeah. And last um year. yeah. <laughs> and uh and one year, one the the champion guy <laughs> suffers a horrific accident, and then they don't have the the games for like five years. And then they the the main guy, Josh Dumal's character, Bob, who um, kind of ran the whole game thing, he gets a call, and he and they need to start the games back up to save one of their buddies who's just hit complete rock bottom. And so they start the games back up again, and um, at the end. You just, he um, decides that camaraderie and friendship means more than everything else, and they decide to continue the games. Josh Caramel's name in the movie is Bob. Bob, yeah. That is not a match. <laughs> He's the. Josh Caramel does not look like a Bob. He's the Bob father. Terrible. That's his nickname. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's like the rich one who's like successful and sold his company for millions of dollars. So he has the money to put on these things. And, and all, and then one of his buddies is like a doctor, a chiropractor and he's doing okay. And the other one's got like a tanning business or something. He's doing okay. But then there's two, the previous champ and this other guy, they're just like 
hit rock bottom, both of them, and they're just doing awful. And so they really need the games to kind of like make themselves feel better and all this. And but it's just sad. It's just really sad and pathetic hmm. and not <laughs> funny. <laughs> Ken, do you Ken, agree? Maybe you sp- could speak to it better as a man. I was hoping you'd actually tell us how you really felt about the movie. That isn't yeah. how she really felt. <laughs> I was disappointed. Like I was thinking about maybe canceling some bookings of it. I won't because no, we need it. But a, a fine, you know, it's a adult comedy with, um, you know, body parts and bodily fluids. There's a and... lot of balls in it, people. Just a lot of male balls. Okay. <laughs> Are we gonna get demonetized? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think I covered that already. <laughs> you said parts, but I want to just make very clear it's balls. bodily fluids. <sighs> Thanks, Cody. <laughs> I'm powering down for today. <laughs> So not the best movie, but you know yeah. what? There's Compact Trail and Fat Man coming up. So and maybe you can play that. And we saw that. the screeners for those, and those are excellent. Mm-hmm. So maybe I thought maybe I just didn't appreciate it because um, being a, a lady, I just maybe it was, I'm not the audience it was, it was targeting. But so, how? There was balls in the movie. I don't know. I'm so excited. It's a now. hit. Yeah. So Ken, how was it from a guy's perspective? We'll see you next week, folks. Yeah. <laughs> No, it was fine. It's a it's a raunchy comedy about competition. It's not it's not anything that's gonna light the world on fire. It wasn't no. uh it wasn't written to be some art piece um to explain. I'm not even how, looking for that either. I, know. I was looking for a raunchy comedy, but to have that you no, need it, to have comedy and it needs to be funny. Boom roasted. <laughs> it it was it fell flat in a lot of places. Okay. It had the right pieces. It had it, did. it had good actors. I kept do, getting excited like, oh, here's the part. Here's the part. There is one shining good moment and it is during a, a bar scene that you kind of see in the trailer where they have to go and get a lady to buy them another drink at the bar and the, the one girl is so funny. I just wanted like five more minutes of her on screen. <laughs> <laughs> she was hilarious. I did like her. Okay. There, so that was a good part in it. There you go. There's women, a positive. Women, yeah. women funny, men not funny. <laughs> there were some and funny. And it's official. <laughs> there were some funny scenes. It just not enough to carry the movie. I mean, it, just, comedies are hit and miss all yeah. the time. Yeah. It's easy to strike the wrong tone. And this one had some spots where you thought it was going to be a romantic comedy. And then you thought it was going to be an action comedy. And then yeah. you thought it was going to be a horror movie at one point. Yeah, at where one the point. Tone, the tone completely changed like three quarters of the way through. And you're like, oh, it's going to end up being a horror movie now? Yeah. Surprise. Like, that no, was there weird. Was, there's 10 straight minutes where you think it's going to turn into like a slasher film. And Is Josh Demel directing genius? <laughs> he could be. He knows something we don't. The tone drastically changed to the point where you're like, yeah. I could be watching the wrong movie right now. <laughs> yeah. It was it was incredible. You don't see that too often in a movie where you're like, no. oh, it's going to change genres now. Right, right. <laughs> but, I was I was hoping during the middle of that the bar girl was coming back. As far as a screen filler for people who are looking for an escape. Yeah. It's not, you know, what we thought it was gonna be. We thought it was gonna be like a rated R grown ups. Yeah. I did. That's what I wanted. Which, rated R grown ups. Which would which would fit the bill. This yeah. is not that. But has a low minimum, low yep. percentage. Yep. It's going to be somewhat promoted by Paramount. Yeah, and I think the trailer is it oversells it. So I think you'll get people in because the trailer looked funny. Yep. And um and you just won't get them in a second time. 
for that movie, but they'll be in yeah. the movie. You can show them how good the concessions are. You can get some other trailers up on screen That's to get true. them excited. At least show people, hey, or kind of trick people into coming. And when they're disappointed by the movie, they'll be like, well, at least it was clean and <laughs> I feel we safe. We had yummy, yummy snacks. Yeah, we got snacks out of I it. I felt very safe yeah. here uh, in yeah. New Jersey. You'll be able to buy uh, marijuana treats for your yeah. concessions pretty soon. That'll be exciting. <laughs> Same thing in Montana eventually. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> Maybe this movie could be funny. <laughs> <laughs> More comedies will become hits after that. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll see a resurgence in comedy in a year or two. They'll all be bad, but at least everyone laughs. Yeah. No one will understand why they enjoyed it so much. They'll they'll look at it again and be like, why why did I like that movie? So funny, man. Concession sales are just, Oh, yeah. Really funny. I I get a variety on that menu and (laughs) finger foods. Man, that's genius. Maybe this will save the theater industry. I know. Who would have thought that maybe adding marijuana will save the theater industry? <laughs> We're grasping at straws here, people. We are. It's, the snow hasn't hit, so COVID hasn't gone away yet. But it will. But it will. Storms are coming. Yeah. Uh, any other news items that we need to go over, or should we go to our Cody's Classic Corner, oh, whatever um, Kyle's Corner is? We were going to talk about... The only other piece of news was that Johnny Depp resigned or was fired or removed. He was fired. Fired from Fantastic Beast franchise. So I wonder who they're going to recast for the Grindelwald character. Maybe Colin Farrell because he was in the first movie. Wasn't he like Grindelwald, but he was in a disguise. He was. And that guy's dead now. So he can't bring that guy. Yeah. But then I mean, who cares? Yeah. And, And also with this franchise, who cares? We've had no. like a uh, yeah. couple of episodes Colin where we would be good about to come this back. franchise. They said before. that they were in talks to bring back Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford to the Star Wars franchise. <laughs> <laughs> so if they, if they can do that, that's true. In I mean, a world any... where actual magic exists, yeah, <laughs> they can bring back anyone. No, um, I just the second movie, Crimes of Grindelwald, ruined the series for me so much because it was just so poorly done. Oh, and, it was terrible. Oh, and regardless of Johnny Depp was in it, but. Um, it didn't suffer because Johnny Depp was in it. It suffered because it was poorly, poorly written for a screenplay. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I'm not super excited about the next one. And I even forgot they were making more until the story came out. Should we explain why he's getting fired? Oh, yeah. He's getting fired because a judge ruled that he probably did do domestic abuse against Amber Heard, his ex-wife. Yeah. So... If, if he didn't with a $50,000 a month wine habit, I don't know how. That's true. <laughs> I'd be hitting true. anything around me if I was trying to put down that much wine a month. <laughs> so much wine. Just swinging <laughs> in, in any direction. Yeah. Come I, at me, bro. I do think like Harry Potter fans will be happy by this news. I don't think they like Johnny Depp's casting in the first place because there was those investigations about him possibly abusing her that was going yeah. around at the time so maybe people will be like oh i like this franchise again because he's no longer in it but me personally like i just hated the second one so much me too i just i don't care i don't I care don't, either it could be you know it could be mark hamill who becomes grindenwald you know i, don't I might care, care then <laughs> well, I, might ca- I might care that might have been a bad yeah. example but yeah. you know what i mean I, yeah, we've had multiple episodes like discussing how terrible that second movie is. Yeah. No, the idea of the Harry Potter universe is ruined for me by uh, chubby middle-aged Harry Potter at the end of number eight. 
It did. I no longer needed. <laughs> he was any a more chubby. Hair. Yes, he was. <laughs> I mean, maybe on the cheeks, but I think that was makeup. Yeah, yeah. but he. I think would, that was which makeup to make him look old. Which to make him look. He was already that age anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't need the makeup. No, it was. Or maybe you. It, ru- it ruined the whole thing for me. It's like, come on, guys. Oh. <laughs> we don't need the we don't need the weird foreshadowing. <laughs> I mean, Harry spent so many years running around, and now he doesn't need to anymore. He has no reason to be running. That's right. No one's chasing him to kill him. Middle age is perfect for him. He he just needs a nice desk job, <laughs> not having to run away from he who shall who he who shall shall not be named anymore. Yeah. I get it. Easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing good about Fantastic Beast Two: Crimes of Grindelwald was that they cast Jude Law's Dumbledore and that was like the best part of the whole oh, movie. easily the best part. Terrible script, but he, he made the most of it. Yeah. Isn't that right, Ken? Right, Ken? <laughs> Never saw it because of chubby old man Harry Potter. Well, you didn't miss much. That was then, the so end of the game. Fair. That was the end of the game for me. <laughs> so anyway, that was... I think this also happened today, so we just faded on discussing that, but yep. I don't know. I don't, I don't care. I don't care about <laughs> I don't this. Care. I don't care about this franchise. Well, it's apparently it's still a thing, though. I think Warner Bros. is trying to make it a thing. Yeah. I just don't care. Well, because <laughs> which should be a three-picture series is, what, five? Five. And you know, you know there will be spinoffs for, like, uh, the Muggle character, whatever his name is. Like, somehow they'll make a Warner Bros. Plus TV show for him or something in the future. Maybe. We'll see if he survives this. They totally need to give me a check. Because, you, know <laughs> yeah. you know, they're listening. They're like, wait a minute. We could do something here. Yeah. Uh, all right. I don't think I'd be wrong. I don't think you're <laughs> I'm wrong. I'm just saying. If he survives, he should have a spinoff. He, he is one of the better characters. I guess it'd be HBO Max. Maybe I'm wrong there. But other right. than that. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like the Avengers. I can't remember, remember his character's name. What is it? Uh, Do you know? Who? Oh, the the Muggle character? Yeah. No, no yeah, idea. Okay. Well, it'll be Avengers of Muggle character and he'll maybe he marries queenie i always thought that they were supposed to be together but then they've got torn apart but maybe he gets together with her and then he has to like navigate it like it'll be a good sitcom that would be a good sitcom yeah that actor's funny yeah anyway uh cody's classic corner should we get to that no no why not <laughs> no. cody because I think we've had a lot of bad news today and gone over a lot of booking strategies. And we really just just Sounds wrap like you up didn't this watch podcast. Movie, Cody. <laughs> I, I, what was your movie? I don't even remember. Oh, it was Buddy Games. <laughs> right? Nailed it. I mean, it's not like I haven't not been watching she, movies. She goes into these with so much confidence. The Friday we name it, she's like, Nailed it. Yeah, I'll take care of it. And we even changed the format to where we're doing it, what, every other week now yeah. instead of weekly? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do you want me to talk about Frighteners? Yes, please. It was Frighteners, right? Yeah. I watched that and I wasn't too sure. Yes. <laughs> it was okay, Michael good. J. Fox. Oh, yes. No, it yes. throws you way off when you're like, that's uh, Marty McFly. Okay, I get this. I get this. There's He's not wearing the vest, but that's okay. There's not a DeLorean. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I had a good time with Friners, actually. Yeah, not too bad. It, yeah, I mean, no, I, yeah, it, exactly. It's not too bad of like a horror comedy, but the comedy in it like hit a lot more than I thought it would. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. There was some weird stuff throughout the plot, like that FBI detective who like also <laughs> was, yeah. was in like a Nazi cult of some kind. Yeah. Or, <laughs> that part, 
That part I didn't decide not to rewind because I was like, eh, I'll, maybe he'll they'll discuss that more. But he's yeah. just that was probably like the one part where I was like, is this really where we need to go yeah. with this character? Do we need but, this guy. But no, uh, Friars was a surprisingly good time for me. Like I enjoyed the comedy of it, and there was actually some horror stuff where it, it looks cheap now, but like I still was in my room and I was like, oh geez, I'm kind of freaked scared out. Right now. I'm kind of a little scared right yeah. now, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It just hit on both the levels I was supposed to, and it felt like it was self-aware enough to where it wasn't... It took us... Right. I don't know. Like, it toes that fine line for, like, the self-awareness aspect for me to where it's, like, it's serious about, like, the stakes of the movie, but also you don't really need to worry about it that much. Like, it's supposed to be a, a fun time. So I, I was impressed by how they were able to get the best of both worlds out of that. So, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. No, it's not a bad one, and surprisingly like people don't think about it being a michael j fox film is he even in a lot of actual movies like can you name yes. a lot of movies that he's at about in? that time yeah, he yeah. was in doc hollywood where he played the uh, doctor that comes to a small town he was in the movie with uh james woods where he's a hollywood actor that follows a cop around and gets shot in the end he, yes, no he was very popular and did very, very many movies. Okay, then my, I get a pick my, a Michael Jackson movie, Michael Jackson, <laughs> Michael J. Fox movie my for you reference. to watch along with Cinderella because <laughs> it was Cinderella. I'm gonna watch that one now. Yeah, Kyle, take the week off. Great job. Thank you. <laughs> from I'll watch Cinderella as reward for movie watching. Keep updating the database. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. keep, now get back to work, keep Kyle. Post, keep posting those things you post so well. Yeah. <laughs> So I will find a horrible Michael J. Fox movie for you to watch. You'll enjoy that very much. I just thought in my mind he was in Back to the Future and Frighteners, and that was it. And then he retired. And did TV. Then retired no, and then he did acting. TV. Yeah. Well, what about what shows did he do on TV? Um. Oh, geez, I'm spacing on the show's name now too. Family Ties. Before. Oh. Before he did that, before Back to the he, Future, he was like twelve. Okay, yeah, that's true. That was before Back to the Future. That's yeah. right. No, I'm I'm going back and no, no, going forward. You specific, Kyle, why don't you read us out while Cody figures out? Did one he of these? do Spin City? Was he the? You got so lucky in the end. You got like, so okay. lucky. He did, and then he did a doc. I thought a doctor show, the Michael J. Fox show. I do. I bet that is a real thing. That, no, that that was a thing. That yeah. was a thing. Nailed it. Okay, Kyle. Ha. Read us out. All right, everyone. Ha. <laughs> uh, thank you again for listening to uh, this episode of Off the Break Podcast. You can check out many other episodes at silverscreeninsider.com and other podcast platforms. Um, on our website, if you're a theater owner or manager and you need to see the upcoming slate of movies and what sort of marketing materials you can use to promote those movies, uh, you can check us out there. You can listen to, uh, we're going to keep the tape rolling so you can listen to Cody's Ha! Nailed It Hour. <laughs> so yeah. she can just, cool under pressure. She can, <laughs> just, right. she can just gloat and you can pew, hear pew, her two-stepping in the background. <laughs> I do do pew pew sometimes. <laughs> I know. That's why I did it. <laughs> Cody doing her best Dolly Parton impression. Yeah. <laughs> Had a slunch. Oh, that was a good laugh. I needed that laugh. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody. Take it easy. Bye. Bye.